ready to come before the Lord this morning and his word to hear from him. Uh, And just as we think about the prayer time together here, today would be the Sunday that we would have had the uh, free community picnic that we had last year. Many of you participated and helped with that. We had, uh, we not only had a Oh, we thank you for the good news of Jesus. That you spoke it to us, that we receive that. And that you, Jesus, are our Savior and our Lord. We don't want to keep that message to ourselves. We want to share it. Oh, we just pray even as we think about this um, message today, we pray for wisdom of how to reach those around us. Some are are barely coming out of their houses still. and We know even uh, there are ways online uh, that you've opened up for us, new ways, but are there other ways? More than that, Lord, we just want to see people be able to know the love, the mercy and grace that you have. That they would be a part of your forever family. And so Lord, help us not just as a church, but as individuals to be ready at any moment to give a defense for the hope that lies within us, to share that with others, to lead out, to reach those in need. Father, thank you that you so loved the world that you gave your only son. Help us to make that known. We ask as we open up your word here in James that you would speak to each of our hearts That you'd help me to speak your words, but Lord, I know that there are things even beyond what I'm going to say today that you're wanting to get through to those who are here right now. And that we would be ready to hear, open for what you want. And that we would not just hear it, but we would heed it. We would be different from it this day. Thank you for what you're going to do. And we commit ourselves to you, Holy Spirit, move, work, speak, as only you can do. In your name we pray, amen. If you would turn to James, if you haven't already, turn there to James chapter one. And we're gonna move on. We last, uh, from where we are, James chapter one, look at verse five. James 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. You know, last week we talked about dealing with trials and troubles in the verses 1 to 4 there. And how God says pain can have a purpose. 
how he's doing something in us through these things. There was a real sense of real life meets real Christianity. But in the midst of trials, there's got to be times where we're wondering, what are you doing, God? And, and we got some insight into that last time, but not just what is God doing when we're going through trials, but what do we need to do? I mean, we know God's working, and yes, it may, we have to go through this trial, but, but we don't want to mess it up. We, we want to make sure what we're doing is the right thing, and, and we're concerned about that. And how do, I, how do I make it through what I'm going through right now? And that's what brings us to verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously without finding fault and will be given to him. You see, obviously that we've used and God gives wisdom at any time, but it even especially applies as we've just in that context of all the trials and tribulations. I mean, you think about that verse, if anyone lacks wisdom, that's kind of like, who does that not apply to? Let me just ask today, by a show of hands, uh, how many here either lack or need wisdom about anything in your life, right? I mean, that's just... That's, that's real life. And when we're going through troubles and trials, we desperately need wisdom. Think about it. How many people today are out there looking for answers to their problems? If we could have the wisdom of Solomon to figure things out, oh, that would be so good. You know what? In many ways, we do. The very same source that Solomon had for his wisdom is what we have. And that's what he's talking about here in James. How do we get that wisdom? How do we get this kind of wisdom and what does it look like? Today we're going to look at two characteristics of wisdom that works, that we can receive from God even today. The first way to think about it is let's receive a godly wisdom that is down to earth. We think through a godly wisdom that is down to earth. Wisdom from God is not a bunch of fancy, hard to grasp words or some deep, confusing saying Rather, it's down to earth. In fact, the word wisdom itself deals with the capacity to understand and act wisely with insight in a practical way. God's wisdom is that which is practical, down to earth. It goes beyond just having a lot of head knowledge about something, but is a real life wisdom to live a real life Christianity. Uh, give me an example. Let's just say for a minute that... Um, I were to tell you that I know how to fly a plane, and, you know, and uh, I've read a book, I watched a movie about it, and, and, this is important, I, I took an online course, and I got an A. How many are ready to come and fly with me? Right? And I know some of you are, look like maybe you're not sure about that, but listen, I want you to know. In addition to all that, I have actually been on a plane a number of times as a passenger. I, no, I've never flown, but I've been there. I've been on the plane. You know, it's, it's somebody's be, be like, Pastor, you, you got to, you can know it, but until you show it, I'm not getting on the plane with you, Right? I mean, that's what it comes down to. Uh, the the down-to-earth wisdom of us is going to say, listen, uh, I'm going to stay down-to-earth until you actually have flown a plane before you have other people join you. 
And I say, but I got an A. No, a bunch of knowledge, as good as that may be, a bunch of knowledge and truth about something is not enough. Surely we've known someone that was very intelligent and yet for some reason just didn't get it. You know, they, they, they weren't very wise. They weren't very smart because knowledge is about information. Wisdom is about application. And there's that big difference there. And it's unfortunate that there are those even today who judge their Christian life, uh, their growth as a Christian. They judge their growth as a Christian. They even give themselves a grade as a Christian based on the amount of information that they know. And therefore, the end goal for their Christian life is just to seek more and more new information about God when there is little to no emphasis on the application of God's word in their life. Knowing more and more of God's word and yet looking less and less like God's son, Jesus, is not God's plan. That's not what it's about. We're missing it. We need a real down-to-earth wisdom that applies God's word to our real life in a practical, down-to-earth way. In many ways, with all the differences, all the debates, all the, the things that are dividing us today out there, you can not only find an abundance of uninformed opinions, but you can also find an abundance of all kinds of facts and figures and expert testimonies, all of which seem to say the exact opposite of some other expert and facts and figures. I don't know if you've noticed that. We have all this, you know, so which is it? This expert says this, this expert says that. These facts say this, these facts say that. Which is it? Or is it a little bit of both? What is true? Is any of it true? Does anybody really know? And ultimately, which is the right view that we as Christians should have? The only way to sort this out is not to get more and more information. The way to sort it out is to get wisdom. That can not only deal with all of this conflicting information, but can cut through it to a real life application. Not merely based on what we're hearing from those around us, but what are we hearing from God? You know, wisdom is what we need. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom in all you're getting. Get understanding, not just knowledge, not just trying to get the facts. Now, this what we need to get is wisdom. Wisdom in many ways is greater than knowledge because we can never have all the knowledge that we need for a single situation that we're going to run into. We are not going to know all the facts. We're not going to know everything all the time. We are not going to be experts on everything. However, we can have godly wisdom that works in a number of different situations that we may run into. Godly wisdom can help us to tell what is right from wrong godly wisdom can help us to tell what is good and bad godly wisdom can tell what is good versus godly godly wisdom can help us to know what is fleshly versus that which is of the spirit of god godly wisdom can help us to determine what is god's best for us now most christians recognize that there is certain sinful contradictions in worldly thinking that's out there that just goes against the commands of God. There are things that are definitely against God's commands. But there's still a lot of human wisdom at times in our churches that's accepted because we 
don't make the decision, the distinction between that which is God's wisdom that is down to earth versus just plain earthly wisdom. In other words, there are things that sound good, but are not godly. And we're not usually thinking that. We need the wisdom to understand there are things that are that may be sound good, but are not godly. There are things that people would say are just good old common sense. You know, just good old common sense. But in many ways, that good old common sense is just earthly wisdom. You know, people like to argue that, you know, God's given us common sense, so we should use it. There's a lot of things with that. First of all, look around as you think about it. Is it really common? Is that sense really common to begin with? And many times it's not really sense to God, and some, some of this stuff is just nonsense. You know, I, I'm sure some of, some of you may have used this phrase. I'm probably, I, I don't know if I did with my kids. They'll tell me if I did, I'm sure. But uh, God's given you a brain. You need to think. You need to figure it out yourself. That's just good old common sense. But is that the down-to-earth wisdom God has? No. Does the Bible really tell us to use our own brains to rely on our human wisdom and our human thinking to figure things out? Doesn't he tell us just the opposite of that in his wisdom and what we know? And one of one of the more famous verses in Proverbs chapter three, verses five to seven, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. By the way, if, if you don't have that one uh, at least partially memorized and know where that is, I just encourage you to do that, to write that down and go back to something to, to memorize. I mean, think about it. Just use your own brain. Figure it out yourself. Is that what that verse is saying? Not even close. Not even close. How many times are we not even thinking about heaven's wisdom coming into play of what we're doing? Because we don't need help in this. We've got this. You know, there are some things I need God's wisdom for. I just don't know. I, 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 just, but there are some things I got. I can handle myself. Again, that's not godly wisdom. There is a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. I got it myself. No, the way I think self-reliance gets in the way of a wisdom that works. I, it's not the first time that believers have turned to human wisdom over heaven's wisdom. Take Abraham, for example. He's held up as an example of someone who believed God, had unwavering faith that God was able uh, in his old age to bring, make him the father of many nations. Now, Abraham believed that. He was an example of somebody who believed. But also, Abraham is an example of someone who relied on human wisdom. On common sense. He relied on common sense to figure out how to help God bring about this promise that God made. You may recall that Abraham, in a sense, took another wife and had another child, but that was not the one that God had planned, and that was not the way God had planned it. That's not what he promised. And the fact is that we are still paying the consequence of that earthly wise choice today when we think about the conflict in the Middle East. That common sense just made sense 
I'm going to help God out. I, this is the way everybody does it. it the, you know, that's what everybody did in those days. And you look, I mean, uh, we're old and this is the way everybody does it. So it just makes sense. I just, you know, Abraham just used his brain and figured it out. Are we having the wisdom to trust God and to do things in God's way? Like, maybe not like Abraham, but have you ever done what you really thought was right at the time and later it turned out not to be the wisest move? Do I have things like that? I listen to God's word. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks wisely will be delivered. We know that God's ways are not our ways. So why do we keep leaning on our ways that just make sense? We need to grasp that God's wisdom oftentimes does not make common sense. And for some people, this is like, what? How can you say that? First of all, think what we were just talking about Abraham. I mean, he made a promise to Abraham and Sarah when they were way old that you're going to have a child and you're going to be not just one child, but there's going to be the father of many nations. That does not make sense. But it was true. It's hard to grasp from our own humanness some of these things. Uh, what, but we need to understand what is, what's coming from heaven and what's coming from just our, our own humanness, our own uh, this makes sense kind of thinking. I mean, James chapter 1, uh, er, earlier here, verse 2, it says that we're to be joyful in trials. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Does that make sense? I mean, if we're honest, that does not make sense. But that is God's wisdom. In fact, even beyond that, think about it. Suffering and death are not always something that's bad and to be avoided. That doesn't make sense. There are plenty of things in the Bible like that. If you want to live, you've got to die. If you want to save your life, you've got to lose it. Matthew 16. Or how about if you want to lead, well, you need to follow and be a servant of all. Mark 10. Well, we could just go on and think about how we would do it if we were God. How would we do it if, if we were God? With, with all our common sense, if we use common sense, would we have sent our son? Would we have sent our only son into the world to save it, like he says in John 3? Does that, would that make sense to us? Would we have sent him as a savior, as a baby? Would we have sent him to die even for the enemies, as Romans 5 talks about? And would we have offered salvation to man as a free gift after it cost your son the ultimate price of his life? No. Common sense even today tells people in religion that we've got to earn our way to heaven, that you have to be good enough. But the truth is we will never be good enough. And we can't get there by anything that we do, but only by what was done by Jesus on the cross. This is especially important for those who want the wisdom of God in their life, you need first to have God in your life. To open the door to surrender and to receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. So the first point of God's wisdom is going to be down to earth, but it's got not to be just earthly wise kind of wisdom. The second point, 
Let's receive a godly wisdom that works, that comes down from heaven. There are many today that are, are searching for words of wisdom in books, in philosophies. They're, people are turning to celebrities somehow that they're going to have more real life wisdom than we will. I'm not sure how that works. Many are looking to experts. But even the extroverts show that they don't know everything because we're human. No, no human can. No one has the wisdom of Solomon like in the days of old because we're, we're not looking for that. We're not finding the wisdom that works because we're looking to human sources, not heaven. For so much of what's going on, that's where it comes from. That's what we're, verse 5 here, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously. God wants to do that. Too many people are looking for answers and looking for their wisdom, putting their trust in what they find in Google more than what they find in God. Looking for answers uh, on the Internet, searching and trying to find, rather than looking through answers by searching and trying to find that answers within God's Word. When we're trying to discern a wisdom that works, it's not human, but it comes from heaven. And we could talk about the fleshly human wisdom of today that's outright sinful, the polar opposite of God, wisdom that rejects God's ways, and that kind of thinking. And, uh, but I think most of us who are here have at least some grasp of that. But let's go beyond it to the half-truths that are out there, to the twisting of truth like Satan did with Eve. And make it sound good. Make it sound like it's wisdom, like it's from heaven, even by using God's name to justify it. Like, like those who say, I'm leaving my spouse for someone who makes me happy. Because after all, God wants me to be happy. That's not truth. It's not wisdom. It doesn't come from heaven. It might be what we hear out there, but it's not what we hear in here in God's word. Oh, but God wants me to be happy. Well, you know, first of all, where exactly is that chapter and verse? Secondly, let's just think about some of those places where God does talk to us to be happy or to be joyful. Oh, one of them is right here in verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. That's God's wisdom part. That's the way he looks at it, which means if, if, if he's saying be happy, be joyful in the trials, that means even be joyful in the trials of marriage. Not go looking someplace else to find that happiness. He's saying find your happiness in the midst even of the trials that are right there. And Jesus tells us, uh, and I know someone says, but, okay, but there got to come a point in time where it's got to be about what I want. Again, that's not wisdom from heaven. Jesus says in Luke chapter 9, if you want to follow me, you've got to deny yourself. You've got to take up your cross. You've got to die. It's death to self. It's not about there's a, what, what about me and time for me and I got to think about me. Paul tells us Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. 
but Christ lives in me. That's God's wisdom. Not the other stuff that we're hearing that somebody mentions God in. Selfish focus is what gets us into trouble most of our life, especially in our relationships. We hear other human and fleshly wisdom today like, you need to follow your heart. You know, when someone's trying to make a decision about something, what should I do? Maybe you've heard somebody say, well, what does your heart tell you? You know, what, what is your heart telling you? But human wisdom that says I'm following my heart becomes a problem. Especially when there's things in the word of God like this. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? In fact, in other versions, it says the heart is desperately wicked. So should we really be thinking about what does our heart tell us? The only heart we should be following is God's heart. Worldly wisdom that says, I've got to be free to be me. Don't be fooled into thinking it's from heaven just because somebody puts a religious spin on it and says, "Uh, I've got to be who God created me to be. I've got to be who God created me to be. And and the way we figure that out is we decide in our own human wisdom of how we feel or what we're thinking or, or what we want or some desire that we feel like is deep inside of us. But it's not who God created you to be if it's in conflict with what his word says we are to be. Oftentimes it's not really what we're created, rather what we've been remade to be that we're struggling with. Because all of us are sinners, all of us have fallen short, all of us do not in and of ourselves want the right thing. We don't want those right things even deep inside. Our thinking, our desires have have been corrupted, morphed into something that's not God's original intention. So this thinking that I got to be true to myself is not the whole truth. Instead, we need to be true to God. That God who, who tells us again in Proverbs 28, 26, those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. You see, what we fail to realize is that all wisdom that is not from heaven is foolishness. We read that in 1 Corinthians 3. And it's unfortunate that, that sometimes our churches can be full of human religious sense. It's just a, a human religious common sense kind of thing with trite phrases that we've heard from other Christians that, that really aren't true, that look good on a poster, but are more likely to come from the book of Benjamin Franklin than they are coming from the book of Isaiah or anywhere within his word. And it's sad that there are those who are older that have wisdom from experience that people start looking to them and they're filled with good sounding human wisdom, not heavenly wisdom. That's the thing we see like with Job's friends. Job's friends came alongside of him and they were full of good sounding spiritual stuff. That they were saying to Job. And yet God was angry with his friends and their, quote, wisdom. Hopefully we're discerning as we're reading Job and not using one of their as our life verse. Uh, This is what you would follow. No. We have that same thing happen. And it's amazing that that there are people who come to me over the years that people come to me for help with a problem and. 
and I have to go back and repair the helpful, wise advice of, quote, good Christian people that are not of God. It's not of God. In fact, oftentimes it's the opposite of what God says in his word. And it's not that I have a, a, a corner on truth, but I have the word of God. And I'm able to clearly and plainly show people something that goes against what their Job's friends have been telling them all along. I can't tell you how many times somebody has said, Pastor, you're the only one, you're one of the only ones telling me this. I, you know, it's like, First of all, I'm not the only one. Because God is telling you this in his word. And you can clearly see it right here in this verse. As I'm talking with him, you can clearly see that right there. And as you submit to his rule right now, you know the Holy Spirit is telling you this is the way. Walk in it. This is the way. We get this wisdom from heaven, from God. A wisdom that first and foremost comes from his word. And it's ironic that in all the divisive debates in our country right now, there are Christians who are quoting in their, their, their Christians involved in the arguments and quoting in their arguments, all kinds of sources. But I rarely ever see them quoting from the Bible. From God's word. We can find wisdom from God uh, through his spirit prompting us, bringing things to mind, applying it to our situation through the Holy Spirit. Uh, but when we talk about this with the Holy Spirit, we've got to, again, just know that there's nothing that we should be saying we're getting wisdom or the Holy Spirit is leading us to that goes contrary to what God's word says. Same way with wiser Christians. We can get help from wiser Christians who will, will look to the word of God, but make sure that it doesn't contradict what God has already said. It's just getting back to the word and the practical application of the truth that we find there. It's so important that we get into God's word, into there. And, and I just want to encourage you that today, especially if you're, and all of us held our hands saying we were looking for wisdom, that we're into the word and that we're not just like reading one or two verses. Uh, and I'm not saying that, I mean, that's good that we're in there, but uh, the daily bread has to be more than just a, a piece or a crumb to really get to allow God to speak to you and and to give you that wisdom that we're looking for. I, I know some were like, come on, you know, there's not anybody here, but there'll be people that maybe we talk to. Ah, Bible isn't of that. Get with the times. Okay, but what has getting with the times gotten us and where we're at? And what's going on? We can realize that whatever it is we're going through, whatever wisdom we need, God has it for any situation, for everything. God has some down-to-earth wisdom to help us. So how do we get this? You know what? All we got to do is ask. That's what it says right there. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask God. Ask. You know, the word that's used there for asking God is a word that means to continue. It's a verb that means to continue to ask all the time with a sense of, of urgency, a sense of, of, of pleading and, and begging, craving, desiring God's wisdom. It's not just, hey, God, 
Yeah, could I have some? No, did you really? This is what I want, and I want this. God, I'm, I'm asking. I'm, 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 I'm seeking you for this. And I know for some it just sounds too simple that all I got to do, if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God. That it sounds too simple. It's hard to believe that all we have to do is ask for it, which is why so many people do not receive wisdom that they're asking for. It's because it's just too hard for them to believe. That's part of the problem. Verse 6 here in James. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. This is not just about positive thinking. It's believing, having faith, complete trust and confidence. Not only in the promise that says if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously. But it's having the confidence and trust in God who said it. This is him or trusting Are we living with the realization that God's wisdom is available for us for every decision, every trial, every moment? I'm going to ask that question again. I want you to just think. Are we, are you living with the realization that God's wisdom is available for you for every decision, every trial, and every moment? Of your life. Because that's what this is about. And we need to get there. Because oftentimes we're ready to trust God for wisdom only when things are so tough that nothing's working out. We've tried everything else, we've listened to every other wisdom, and now we turn to God. Every day I ask God for wisdom. For me, it's a part of just getting dressed in the armor of God, asking for this wisdom. Can we make a commitment that seeks God's wisdom? Not just when we don't know what to do, but even when we do know what to do. When we think we have our our own human wisdom, that we would say, you know what? I'm going to trust in God alone. I'm going to trust in His wisdom. Because that's the wisdom that works. So many times we're, we're thinking, God, I just need a little help here. I need a little help with this. Well, there's a problem with that. Number one, Jesus said in John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. So we don't need just a little help. But the other problem is when we just need a little help, that means I'll do some of it, God, and you do some of it. I got some wisdom to bring to it. God, you bring some wisdom. Bringing both of those together, we're trusting in ourselves and God at the same time, which makes us double-minded, as it says in verse 7 here in 8. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Having two minds, having two thoughts going on in our head at the same time even. Having two minds of, okay, God, you and me, and we'll work together. You know, it's got to be God's wisdom and only his but is also having two thoughts at the same time that are like, all right, I believe if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God and he gives generously. I believe God can do that. But there's another thought in our heads that's going, I'm not sure God will for me. Anybody ever have that, right? It's like, I believe God can, but I'm not sure God will. Those are 
that's being double-minded. Those are two thoughts there. And that's what's causing us the, the difficulty that maybe we're having. Somebody, you know, in many ways, somebody with that would say, really, it's about me. I'm not sure God will give me wisdom to this problem because I brought it on myself. I should have asked for help sooner. I should have known better than to get in the situation I'm in. You know what? When it deals with asking God for wisdom, none of that matters, which is why he says here in verse 5, go back to verse 5, if any one of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Some versions say without reproach. That's a hard word to know. What does he mean there? But he's saying God gives wisdom without finding fault, without reprimanding, without blaming or disgracing us because we're asking. Don't hesitate to ask. God wants us to ask. He's going to he's not going to come down on us. God is not annoyed. He is not frustrated with us because we still just don't get it. He's not. He says, I want you to ask. I'm not going to there's without reproach, without blaming, without judging you on this. I want to generously give. And I said, okay, okay, well, God gives, but what if I miss it? What if he gives me wisdom and I just, I just miss it there? Like I should have been paying attention. And if we really are trusting in God to give us wisdom when we ask that, I don't think that we're going to miss it. Because God's not stingy. It's not like God says, okay, here it comes. You better be paying attention at this one point in time. I'm going to flash it on the screen. And if you miss it, you missed it. What does it say in verse 5? If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives what? Generously, liberally. Which means not just one time on a screen flashing. God gives generously the wisdom to us. He is liberal with his wisdom. He is pouring it out. He wants to pour it out on us. If we would just trust him, not be double-minded about this, it's believe. Yes, God, you said it, that settles it. I'm done. You're going to give me wisdom and I'm going to be looking for it. And I know it will come. He gives that. Overflowing. So let's do that right now because all of us, I believe all of us raised our hands. And maybe there are other things that you weren't even thinking of that you've thought of as we've gone through this. Let's just take, I ask the worship team to come. Let's just take a few moments of, of, of our time here to seek God. And very simply to ask God, to very simply just do verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to him. That's God's word. I believe it. And I believe that if you will trust him to do that, that he will give you wisdom for whatever it is that you need. Now, I, recently I was praying about something and asking for that wisdom and understand as that works, God gave me not so much wisdom for the whole picture that I was looking for. He gave me wisdom for the next step. I would like him to just tell me the whole thing. But he very clearly answered for this is the next. This is what you should be doing. And I hadn't even thought about that. This is first. 
He will give you the wisdom you need for today and what you need to do. So let's just pray. Father, I pray you'd help us even in this time of, of, of silence before you that we come right now and asking you, God, we lack wisdom, but we want it. We want your wisdom. Your wisdom that is down to earth, meets us right where we're at. Your wisdom that comes down from heaven. Lord, we ask that you would give us wisdom and we trust that you will. Beyond any doubt. You've said it. We believe it. And we reject any lies of the enemy trying to tell us that we somehow don't deserve it or any of those things because you say that you give it without reproach, without judgment, without any of that. You just want to give it. And you want to give it a lot, liberally. Speak. Help us to, to, to make that commitment to you right now and to ask you and even to listen. In just a moment, the worship team is going to lead us in our, our closing song. As always, if there is something that you need, you can call the church, call, send me an email. But also, as always, in a service, uh, we have a room over here to my left, which would be your right. That side room where we've got some different resources and things. If you just want to ever would want to sit and talk with someone or have someone pray specifically with you. I just encourage you, there's a place that you can go even as we uh, sing this song. So.